0: Welcome to Curdled Ink, One Woman's Tirade Against Poor Writing and Problematic Romance. My name is Lee, and we are on lucky number 13, chapter 13 of Fifty Shades of Grey. As usual, trigger warnings will be in the episode descriptions. And if there's any that I missed, please let me know. And of course, I'm happy to add them. So if you remember in the end of last chapter, chapter 12, we left off with Anastasia emailing Christian a list of all of her problems that she had or or things she wanted to discuss about the contract. And in response, Christian Gray, supposed lifestyle dominant, emails Anna the dictionary definition of submissive, which is one of the pettiest things I have ever seen in my life. And I am on Twitter every day, so I have seen some petty shit. Can you imagine? Can you fucking imagine an actual dominant seeing his potential new submissive assert her boundaries, and responding with the fucking dictionary definition of submissive. I am livid about this. I'm livid about a lot of things in this chapter. It's gonna be a yelly one. Buckle in, folks. This is so bad. Bad start. Also, two other things that I will say about that is kink has its own connotations with the word submissive. Kink has its own definition. It's context-specific, and really, it's context-specific to every, like, DS couple that ever uses a submissive, you know, anything as part of their dynamic. It's, you define the label. The label does not define you, right? That absolutely applies here. Like, every submissive is going to submit a little bit differently, and they're probably going to submit a little bit differently depending on who they're submitting to. Also, like, hi... Brats are a thing. There is no one way to submit. It's it. You're not any less submissive if your form of submitting is very sassy and like protesting and getting in trouble on purpose. Like that is an ex- extremely valid way to be submissive. And I I think there are some DOMs, and it seems like maybe some kind of quote unquote old school DOMs. Although I don't know. Maybe maybe it's not at all a generational thing, and that's just been my experience. Who really are kind of anti-brat and look down on brats and and think that they're you know or who like refuse to play with brats or um, which is totally fine if you don't want to dominate a brat that's that's valid but who are just like very condescending and and very rude about it and who kind of act like brats are somehow lesser submissives or aren't as good at it which is totally not true. So they're making plans to meet up on this Wednesday night for this Wednesday night dinner to discuss the contract, and Anna decides that she wants to drive to meet Christian. Christian is having none of this. He's so annoyed at it. He even, like, passive-aggressively emails her, like, please refer to my email with the dictionary definition of submissive and blah blah blah, and it just makes me angry. It's for all of the reasons that I just listed, but all... Also, um, if you'll allow me, a personal tangent for a moment because this was all I was thinking of when I was reading this part of this chapter was, so when I first... Like, okay, I first discovered I was kinky when I was in a committed long-term relationship, and part of the reason that relationship ended was because I really wanted to do more exploration of my kink than that partner was willing to do with me. So at that point, I had, you know, gotten out of that relationship, and I was, for the first time, like, dating around and, you know explicitly trying to find a partner who was also interested in kink and so I I put that in my dating profiles and I was as as someone who mentions kink in her dating profile and also allows men to dm her (laughs) on tinder I had some experiences with that one of those experiences was this guy who I now looking back I think may have been catfishing me but we started like messaging and I was really into him and I, I thought he was really into me and he was dominant or he claimed to be dominant and he would, I don't know, give me, like, tasks and stuff. I'm rambling. My my point is I was, like, pretty inexperienced with what a kinky relationship, you know, looks like when it's healthy and consensual and, and negotiated and all that. And I was kind of starting to do my research, but I didn't know a whole lot. And so I was not really taking the steps that I should have been to protect myself whatever. So, at one point, we were, like, trying to figure out, like, protocols or tasks or whatever, and I don't remember the exact context of this, but he had, like, proposed some task or some protocol or something for me to do, and it was something, and I was like, well, I'm not comfortable doing that exactly as you describe it, but what if I do this instead? And, like, trying to, you know, negotiate. Like you do when you're in a kinky relationship and establishing protocols. And his immediate response was Oh, so you're a submissive, but you only do what you want? Um, yes. Yes, actually, that's how that works. Being a submissive includes boundaries. It includes discussion and compromise if you are not entirely comfortable doing something your dom wants you to do. And so that, that like, oh, you're submissive, but you only do what you want, like, that was just echoing in my head as I read the first few pages of this chapter, because that is exactly, like, Christian is acting exactly like that fucking guy and it's really not healthy it's it's not what submission is just because you're a submissive does not mean that you give up all of your autonomy and all of your rights to define boundaries and to put a box around your submission. And it, and you shouldn't. It's not healthy. I don't know, maybe there are some people out there who literally have no limits and will do literally whatever their dominant wants, but most people <laughs> have limits. They have likes and dislikes. They have things they're uncomfortable with and to have a healthy ds relationship you have to respect that you have to it's not it's it's required so anyway he finally does agree to let her drive to meet him at his hotel or whatever because he's just such a fucking nice guy so anna goes to work the next day and paul her co-worker who has a crush on her as does everybody in this fucking book is pestering her for a date as usual as he always fucking does because he's a fuck boy and okay hold up here comes our first quote Page 212, if you're following along, she says, Paul, for the hundredth time, I have a date this evening. And Paul says, no, you don't. You're just saying that to avoid me. Bro, literally, what the fuck? Bro, literally, what the fuck? What the fuck is wrong with every single person in this series? Literally, what the fuck is wrong with you? He has been asking her out for, I don't know, weeks? Months, years, it's not entirely clear. this is like a regular occurrence. She turns him down every single time and he is still asking her, and then he doesn't fucking believe her when she says some yes to someone else because he is just such an entitled little fuck boy that he cannot possibly imagine anyone saying no to him but yes to somebody else because he deserves this woman's time and attention and sex or something. Or maybe he's, like, negging her and he's like, oh, you're so uncool and unattractive that nobody else could possibly want you except me, which is equally as bad. I don't know what's actually going on in his head because he is ink on paper and it doesn't matter. The point is, she has said no. Beyond a doubt, she has established that she is not interested. And he is pushing back in the, like, pettiest, grossest fucking way. Oh my god, I hate him. I hate everyone in this series. Please help me. (sighs) <sighs> so, Wednesday night arrives. Anna meets Christian in the restaurant at the hotel or whatever. They're discussing things. And she says, you know this contract is legally unenforceable. And Christian says, you think I'd coerce you into something you don't want to do and then pretend that I have a legal hold over you? I mean, at this point, it's not out of the fucking question, given everything else you've fucking done so far in this book. Also, Anna says, well, Yes. Girl, why the fuck are you still here? If you think that poorly of him, why the fuck are you still here? Okay, I just need to keep my book open. There's so many quotes to get through. (laughs) So down at the bottom of the same page, we're on page 216, by the way. Anna says, did you have similar discussions with the 15, meaning his 15 exes? Christian says, no, why not? Because they were all established submissives. They knew what they wanted out of a relationship with me and generally what I expected. With them, it was just a question of fine-tuning the soft limits, details like that. And this is, once again, betraying E.L. James's utter ignorance of what... kink actually looks like and what it actually takes to be in a kinky dynamic, especially this incredibly high protocol kink dynamic that Christian wants. I mean, okay, it's only on the weekends or whatever, but, like, within that box of when they're together, it's incredibly high protocol, it's incredibly demanding on Anna as the submissive, it's- it's- it's a lot. It's a fucking lot. And the idea that as an established submissive, you would not have to have this long, detailed negotiation and conversation about that kind of relationship is actually absurd. I mean, it would be a very different conversation because in Anna's case, they're discussing a lot of, like, the basics of, like, what is suspension? You know, how do you use a flogger? Like, things like very, very 101 stuff, but, you know, I I would think a conversation with an established submissi- submissive might be even longer than the one they end up having because they would know what they want, and that includes what they don't don't want and, like, compromises that they would want to make and and things that they would want to change and do a little bit differently so that they were getting more of what they wanted out of this relationship and it's not just centered around what Christian wants because, contrary to what some Tinder Doms would want you to believe, (laughs) the entire point of a DS relationship is not just to please the dominant. Um, There's also a lot of pleasing of the submissive, which is extremely central and important as well. Or, you know, maybe a conversation with an established submissive would be a lot fucking shorter because they would realize that Christian doesn't know what the fuck he's doing and he's actually just using kink as a smokescreen to try and abuse and manipulate these women. So they would just be like, um, I'm gonna go find a real fucking dom. Bye. And so they're talking- Christian, like, brings up trust and Anna thinks, is that what this comes down to? Trust? Yes. Short answer, yes. If you don't trust this guy, which I will refer you again to that quote from the top of page 16, you do not trust this guy. This is not a trustworthy guy. He has shown himself at literally every single turn to be highly untrustworthy. If you don't trust him, don't do kink with him. Don't get into a relationship with him at all. This is not just about kink. Like, kink maybe especially so, because it can get into some very emotionally and or physically tricky situations. So you have to trust each other. Like, you really fucking have to trust each other. But any relationship, romantic, platonic, familial, literally any relationship that you cultivate in your life, There has to be a solid fucking foundation of trust. Otherwise, like, what is the point? Like, why are you there if you don't trust this person? Why the fuck do you want them in your life? That's all I'm going to say about that for now blah, blah, blah. They, um, they do briefly address that, like, yes, Anna can, in fact, walk away at any time, so that's good. I think I ranted a couple chapters ago about how, to my reading of the contract, it seems like Christian could walk away anytime he wanted, but Anna would have to, like, request a breakup at Christian's discretion. So the fact that they explicitly say, no, Anna, you can break up with Christian anytime you want as well, that's good. That makes me feel a tiny bit better. Another quote on page 220. Christian says, I want you to know that as soon as you cross my threshold as my submissive, I will do what I like to you. You have to accept that and willingly. Anyone who has been listening to this podcast from the beginning can probably guess the exact phrase that's about to come out of my mouth, so wherever you are right now, let's just all say it together, kids! That's not necessarily how a kink relationship works. Uh, We've already discussed this in this episode, too, so I don't even want to go into it in that much detail, but A, submissives are still allowed to have boundaries. B, just because you're a submissive, like, you're still allowed to put a box around what things you're willing to submit on. C. Brats exist. Not all subs submit willingly. And for a lot of people, that's part of the fun. And also, okay, I should say, if you as a dom, I'm I'm speaking a little bit to Christian right now, but a little bit to the wider concept of dominance right now. (laughs) If you want a submissive that will obey you willingly, we exist. Pointing at myself here because that is the brand of submissive I very much am most of the time. No, that's true. I, and that's not true. I, I pretend to brat sometimes, but I really don't. I'm, I'm very much my brand of submission. I get my kicks out of obedience. So that's fine. That's valid. That's a valid form of submissive. Submission to want if you want to roleplay that your submissive will do literally whatever you want at any time at a moment's notice. You can have that scene. You can say, okay... For the next two hours, I get to fuck you whenever I want. Or, or, like, you get to, you're gonna do whatever I want. There are absolutely ways to negotiate that as a scene and even as, like, a long-term scene. So, yeah, I, I think what Christian is envisioning of this completely obedient submissive who is just his fuck toy and his servant and whatever he wants for a weekend, totally doable. However, there needs to be a negotiation at the beginning of that where you create that pal- of permission. Remember that? Where you both say, okay, you're allowed to, you know, the the submissive would say, and of course the dominant gets input on this too, you're allowed to order me to do this, 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 this. You're not allowed to order me to do this, 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 this. If you want to order me to do these things, you know, that's going to have to be a pause in the scene to negotiate first in that moment. Whatever you, however you want to have that discussion. Christian is making no effort to do that. He just wants blanket permission to do literally everything for literally their entire relationship. Also, that negotiation that I just mentioned in the real world would need to happen at the beginning of every single weekend or every single scene that you wanted to do this. There's none of that. Christian doesn't want any of that. He just wants this perfect little robot made fuck doll, you know, submissive who has no limits at any time and is up for everything all the time and that's just not how human beings work. He does mention taking it slow. He's like, yes, I know you're new to this. We'll build up to certain things. So that's good. Another tiny little point in the plus column about, you know, stacked against all the points in the minus column. Oh my god. Oh Oh, fuck, why didn't I write the page number for this? I have to read this whole quote. Christian says, this is page 221. There's a very fine line between pleasure and pain, Anastasia. They are two sides of the same coin, one not existing without the other. I can show you how pleasurable pain can be. You don't believe me now, but this is what I mean about trust. There will be pain, but nothing that you can't handle. First of all, holy shit, second of all, no, third of all, holy shit, no, fourth of all, I really wanted to read that entire passage, and there's another passage coming up that I'm gonna find and read for you too, because I have had DMs on FetLife, on Tinder, on other forms of social media that are exactly like that. Maybe not verbatim, but pretty fucking close, and it's- some of them are about pain, but I'm pretty publicly a masochist, so, you know, I had one that had that exact same vibe, but it was about hypno. Like, this guy was, like, making the case for hypno and for why he wanted to hypnotize me and also, like, trying to make it dirty talk and, and just, like, I can show you. I will make you love submitting to me and turning your brain off. And I don't, I don't fucking remember what he actually said, but it's that same skeevy vibe of, like, I will make you like this. I don't care if you like it now or not. You will do this with me and you will love it and you will want it and you will crave more. And it's like, bro, first of all, I've never spoken to you before in your, my entire life. Why? What impulse makes you think it's okay for the, that to be your first words to me ever? But in this case with Christian and Anna, it's it's kind of the same thing. Like, you have not known each other that long. And also, like, not everybody's a masochist not everybody understands pain as also pleasurable. Like, shit, not every masochist literally feels pain as pleasurable. Like, there are all kinds of reasons why people might seek out pain. It might be endurance, it might be for the praise afterwards, it might be for the power exchange, it- you know, there- there are so many (sighs) sex educators and media makers and content makers who have gone into this in depth, but, like, literally- (laughs) It's, this is just, it's so presumptive. It's just, like, assuming, you know, it's, it's like those dudes on Tinder that are like, I will eat you out until you come. I will make you come from eating your pussy. And it's, like, they just have the formula fucking figured out. They know, capital W, women. They know how women work. And they know how to do this thing to women and make them like it. And it's, when the reality is we are all individuals with individual likes and dislikes, and some of us do not come from getting their pussy ate. Some of us do not want to come from getting their pussy ate. Some of us don't want our fucking pussy ate and all of those things are extremely valid and you just cannot come into a relationship with an, indiv- an individual person and say, I know that this will work with you because it has worked with other partners in the past. Like, past results do not indicate future, you know, what, what the fuck is the phrase? Past success does not indicate future results or something like that. I don't know. You get the point. You get what I'm saying, right? It's just so like presumptive and entitled and fucking male. And I hate it. So the point is, yeah, maybe Anna will like pain. Maybe she'll turn out to be the world's biggest fucking masochist, but maybe not. And that's extremely valid too. And also discipline is not just about pain. Like there, if you do want punishment and discipline as part of your relationship, there are all kinds of punishments that you can think up for submissives if they do not want pain to be part of that punishment. So shut up, Christian, is what I'm saying. In conclusion, shut up. Anna asks, why can't I look at you? Because, remember, that was part of the contract. You know, she can't make eye contact with him without permission. She says, why can't I look at you? He says, it's a dom-sub thing. You'll get used to it. No. No, it's a thing for you in your dominance, in your dom-sub relationships. It is, that's not a thing that every dominant automatically wants or that every submissive automatically is okay with. So that's a really problematic way of framing it to someone who knows nothing about kink and, like, you are her primary resource for learning about kink right now. Like, you have to take more responsibility than that, bro. It's a protocol that you want. Not, like, you can't... This book does this a lot and Christian does this a lot, you know, E.L. James does this a lot through Christian's voice of talking about BDSM and kink as a monolith and speaking as if there are universals across all kink, across all kinky relationships, including this, (laughs) when it's really, for the most part, that's not fucking true. I mean, universal, or what should at least be universal's, um, consent, um, negotiation, um, being (laughs) risk-aware, I don't know, risk-aware, consensual kink, that should be the universal, right there remember your rack. That's pretty much the only universal thing I can think of in terms of kink stuff. Consent and safety in as much as that's possible with whatever kink you're engaging in at the moment. Everything else is totally fucking up to you. Like, there are no other rules that I can really think of. Like, it's just a playground. It's just, like, do whatever the fuck you want as long as you're both enjoying it, you know? Meanwhile, because they're eating dinner together, so there has to be some toxic food bullshit. So, she's like, "The food list is a deal breaker." You I will not even agree to make sure that I'm eating three meals a day because I control what I eat, I control when I eat. That's a deal breaker for me. Which you fucking go, girl. That's that's an extremely valid thing to be a deal breaker, I think. Like I Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna talk about this for a minute right here. As someone who has gone through a journey of, like, figuring out how to feed myself, um, (laughs) and, you know, I, I don't need to go into that in a whole lot of detail, but, like, growing up not really being confident at cooking and kind of having to figure that out and going through depression and figuring out how to feed myself when I don't even have the will to fucking live and, and getting to this point where I am pretty strict about my diet and I have very much figured out as a system of what and when I eat that works well for me and my health and my body. After a lot of trial and error, it's what i found to like work the best for me throughout the day. So the idea of giving that control up, I mean... I could see myself doing that in part, like, in part, in very defined part, to a dominant that I had been with for a little while and that I trusted very much to be able to handle something that that, that is that personal. The idea of giving that up completely, I don't know about that. So that was a big, long, rambly t- way to say I absolutely agree with Anna on this one. I absolutely support her saying, fuck no, you absolutely will not control the way or the, quali- the amount, or what I eat. Immediately after this discussion, immediately after, Christian mentions that Anna has not eaten enough of her dinner, and he does this by listing, like, you have had four bites of this, you have had one piece of this, you had this many pieces of the appetizer, like, literally reciting back to her an inventory that he had been keeping of everything she was eating, which just, I mean, feels a little bit creepy in most contexts, unless you had had the negotiation and consented to him doing that for you, but, like, the fact that he just fucking did it, and the fact that he brought it up immediate, like, moments- after she had said, you will not control the way I eat, just feel so fucking over the line. Oh my god, dude. Like, you literally just had this discussion and you're just... You just can't fucking let it go. You just can't fucking respect this boundary. Holy shit. Yeah, I know you have trauma about food. I remember that. We'll get to that eventually. But... This is an extremely poorly, you know, coped with trauma, clearly, because he is just taking it out, like I have said before, on his submissives, somewhat on everyone else around him, and as we will find out later, he has been in therapy for a while now, and I think he needs a new- well, no, he doesn't even need a new therapist, he just very clearly thinks he knows better how to cope with his stuff than his therapist, because he has not found healthy ways to cope with his traumas at all whatsoever. Oh boy, this is going to be a long one, huh? Page 224. Christian says, if you were my sub, you wouldn't have to think about this. It would be easy. All the, oh yeah, okay, so first of all, hold on. <laughs> Context, They they go through like most of the stuff in the contract. They don't get all the way through it and Anna is like feeling overwhelmed she wants to leave Christian wants to wants her to stay so he can fuck her and so in that context he says if you were my sub you wouldn't have to think about this it would be easy all those decisions all the wearying thought processes behind them the is this the right thing to do should this happen here can it happen now you wouldn't have to worry about any of that detail that's what I'd do as your dom And like, okay, yes, on the one hand, thinking about that as a sub in a consensual, negotiated, trusting dynamic, yeah, all of that stuff is a huge part of why I want to submit to people. Like, I hate making decisions. I am an anxious being. Making decisions gives me so much anxiety. I would love to just be able to turn that off for a while and let someone I trust and love and I know trusts and cares about me make those decisions for me. I love it. However... (laughs) Christian and Anna have done none of that negotiating. They have done very fucking little consent. They have done none of the trust building. And in fact, Christian, at every turn, has done the opposite of trust building. He has showed his hand at every turn. He has showed himself to be a supremely untrustworthy person. So, in that context, shut the fuck up. She is not your submissive yet. She is not ready to submit in that way yet. You do not get To make those decisions for her, you do not get to try to convince her to give over control of those decisions. She is still an autonomous human being. And of course with the footnote that even when she is a submissive and when she is submitting to you, she is still an autonomous human being and she can flip that switch at any point and get out of that submissive headspace. But that's not even the situation we're in yet. She's not submitting to you yet, back off, respect her decision. Like, it's literally that easy. That's all you have to do is shut up. That's all you have to do. So then they start getting flirty and like seductive. And Anna says, that's what I'm hindered by in this game of seduction. He's the only one who knows and understands the rules. First of all, yeah, you're you're not wrong. Because, second of all, he's doing such a terrible job of showing you those rules at every single turn. Third of all, I'm pretty sure I got into this in the last chapter, pretty sure I'm gonna get into it a lot again. Seduction, romance, dating, sex, relationships, none of that shit should be a competitive game if y'all want to make, like, gamify your relationship in fun ways that you're both enjoying, great. Live your life. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this incredibly toxic idea that we have in a lot of our dating culture that is, like, it's me versus the person i'm dating and it kind of gets into the these like gender roles of like oh the woman is supposed to guard her virginity and her virtue and the man is supposed to try to break down her defenses and get into her pants and and it's just all bullshit and it's all toxic and it creates these incredibly adversarial relationships between people who are supposed to be in love with each other and i hate it and like literally like none of like dating sex whatever it should it sh- none of it should be a competition it should be a group activity it should be a partnership you should be working together not against each other so the idea that she has to like outsmart him and seduce him or like outsmart him when he wants to seduce her and she wants to say no like no he should just fucking respect your boundaries if you want to go home without fucking he needs to fucking let you go home without fucking like it's that simple it should not be this game that you have to learn the rules of like it's literally just you're just in relationship with another person in conclusion holy shit Okay, so she, finally, she stands up to leave. He says, I could make you stay, you know. No, Christian, you couldn't. I mean, you could, but that would be, like, extremely violent and not okay of you. (laughs) So, like, shut up. The moral of this chapter is, Christian, shut up. Page 226. Christian says, you know, when you fell into my office to interview me, you were all, yes, sir, no, sir, I thought you were a natural-born submissive, but quite frankly, Anastasia, I'm not sure you have a submissive bone in your delectable body. Yeah, so I'm just going to go back to, oh, so you're a submissive, but you only do what you want to? That's what he sounds like right now. That's what you fucking sound like, bro. Second of all, yeah, maybe she's not a submissive. She doesn't know. You are not giving her a very good space to figure that out in, bro. Also, subs are still allowed to have boundaries. That doesn't make them any less submissive. Also, brats exist. Second moral of this story. The morals of this chapter. Christian, shut up. Brats exist. So he finally agrees that she can leave, and she's, like, they're walking back out to her car, and she's having all these mixed feelings of, like, well, I don't know, this is all so much, but at the same time, he's so hot, and I'm just so enamored with him, what if I never see him again, blah blah blah. He walks her out and is appalled at the old, like, VW bug car that she drives, because she is, in fact, a broken college student and broke college students tend to drive old shitbox cars. It's just, it's just the natural order, and he, but of course him being him, he immediately implies that he wants to buy her a new car, and she says no, and he says we'll see, and spoiler alert, he does in fact buy her a new car, which, again, is just another, like, instance of him stepping into her life, even where she does not want him, and just overriding her wishes in order to quote unquote improve her life in all the ways that he sees fit and not letting her have any input on those ways at all, which is just the most fucking rich white man thing I can possibly think of. Page 229, this is Anna back at home thinking, he wants me but the truth is I need more. I need him to want me like I want and need him and deep down I know that's not possible. And, uh, this is another rant that I have gone on before and will go on, uh, again, because it's, like, extremely important to me. Like, she wants the romance. She wants him to be in love with her. That's the kind of relationship she wants. And first of all, that is extremely fucking possible with also a kink dynamic in there as well. And also, like, he does want you. He does need you. He do- he is falling in love with you. This is his way of showing it. And- and, like, I'm- adamant about this, and I'm almost a little bit defending Christian Grey right now. Oh god, I think I'm gonna throw up in my mouth a little bit. But, like, it's- it's just kind of an extremely important point for me because- this is how I show, like, my affection and my love for my partners. Like, submission to me is an important part of how I show affection and how I infuse romance into my relationship and, like, submitting to someone and, first of all, like, you know, service-subbing them and, like, doing tasks for them, making them happy, making them pleased with me. Love that shit. Feels extremely romantic, to me. That's one of my ways of showing my love for someone. And second of all, trusting someone enough to be so fucking vulnerable with them that I would submit to them in that way. Like, also, like, extremely romantic to me. And, and, like, that is my way of being romantic with someone. That is my way of showing that I love for, love someone and, and care for them. And, and Anna just doesn't see that. And, like, granted, Christian is, being his horrible self and doing a terrible job of explaining that that's how that his domination is his way of being romantic and you know it's because the person who wrote him doesn't understand that but and and but it's like it's kind of a common misconception I think from wider society that that kinky people don't want romance or are are not into romance and like yes we absolutely are it just like just because it looks different from quote-unquote traditional romance like, doesn't make it any less fucking romantic and affectionate and and doesn't make our relationships any less deeply loving and caring. So then she goes on to think about all the things that she wants to do with him, like, you know, going on dates and holding hands in public and doing all the the stuff that little girls dream of in a heteronormative, you know, romance-focused society, which is all valid stuff to want in a relationship, might I add. You are absolutely allowed to want to go on dates. You are absolutely allowed to want to hold hands with people and sleep in the same bed as them do all that mushy stuff. And first of all, like I said, that's extremely possible to do in a kinky relationship. But also, yeah, I kind of understand her worry in this instance because it really seems like that's not the relationship that Christian Grey is looking for. And once again, I say, why the fuck are you still here? Like, this is just another point in the incompatibility column. Like, just leave. But since she's so fucking determined not to leave, girl, you need to tell him all this shit. You need to tell him everything you're thinking right now about what you want out of this relationship, and he needs to either find a way to honor it in some way or help you, you know, help the both of you end this relationship. But of course he's not going to. I don't even remember if she actually brings all of this up with him. I think she does. Whatever. We'll find out because that is the end of the chapter that was chapter 13. Thank you all so much for listening to me yell. Before I do all of my usual outro stuff, I do want to give an update on Patreon stuff. Yay! So it's all prepared. I am ready to start posting monthly erotica shorts on my Patreon at the $25 a month level. So that is where you will find my original written erotica erotica, some of it will be kinky, some of it will be not. So if you will allow me, I'm going to pull up my Patreon very quickly and just review all of the different tiers, just because I haven't done that in detail in a little bit, and I want to do a little bit of a refresher of where we're at now. So if anyone is contemplating whether or not they want to start a Patreon support, Uh, of my, of my Patreon, (laughs) here is what you will get as soon as I find it. So we have the Just Friends tier at $2 a month and that gets you My Eternal Gratitude for supporting me monetarily. It helps so much, literally every penny counts. Then we have the Friends with Benefits tier at $5 a month. You get, along with My Eternal Gratitude, you get early access to episodes. Right now I'm saying up to 24 hours because that is where my schedule is at. I am just, like, rushing to, you know, keep posting all of these episodes on time. I'm, I'm out on front in the front of the train you know building the train tracks as it speeds along so that's as, as early as i can get it to you i would love to make to get it even earlier eventually like if i could get my patrons episodes a week early eventually that would be great but here we are and then occasional bonus episodes these might be audio or video i haven't decided yet because i haven't posted any yet literally just like <clears throat> other little related rants that i want to go on sometimes there's really no set schedule for it at all Just, you know, whenever I can find the fucking time to do it. (laughs) Next is going steady. At $10 a month, you get everything from the the previous tiers, and you also get a monthly live chat, ask me anything type of hangout. Yeah, where I can come up with some stuff to talk about myself, but uh, what I really want to do is, like, ask me questions, tell me things. (laughs) I don't know. And this really, like, I'm not expecting it to stick to the subject of Fifty Shades of Grey or even the subject of, like, kink or relationships. Like, we can talk about my cat or your cat or our favorite internet cats or literally anything else that I'm comfortable talking about. (laughs) You know, just, it'll just be, like, an hour or so-ish, just, like, hang out type of thing. So true love at $15 a month includes everything from the tiers below, and then a dramatic reading of each chapter by yours truly. Am I a professional voice actor? Definitely not. Am I super good at reading stuff out loud? I don't think so, but I do have a lot of fun with it. I, you know, I don't have anyone at this tier yet, but I have been, you know, recording and posting every single chapter so far just so that whenever someone does decide to sign up for this tier, they can go back through all of the backlog from chapter one, and I I try my best to post the chapter reading before I post the episode every two weeks so that if you want to listen to me read the chapter out loud first and you know live react to some of this stuff that you know in in some of the stuff that I react to is like the same that I end up addressing in the podcast episode but sometimes you know there's just these little details that I leave out of my notes because otherwise each of these episodes would be three hours long but I'll include them in the readings so you get, you know, little bits of bonus commentary sometimes, along with the with hearing me attempt to be a voice actor. <laughs> and so $25 a month, we are life partners at that tier. You get everything included in the previous tiers, plus a monthly original short erotica story from me, and also a shout out on this podcast, because holy shit, $25 a month helps so fucking much you would not even believe it, so you absolutely deserve to be... Thanked by name every single episode for as long as you continue to support at that level And you know, like I said, it's not to say that i'm not grateful for every single other tier supporter Um, I love you all. So anyway, I have rambled long enough. This is gonna be a long episode. Probably. We'll see. Um my name is Lee. You can find my non-sex work social media at allmylinks.com slash artist What other things might you find there? Um, resin art, sewing, um, eventually there will be music, maybe some creative writing. Yeah, all the other stuff I do. And you can find my sex work social media at allmylinks.com slash candykitten. That is where I have my OnlyFans. I have sexed panther. If you want to sext with me, I sell my panties. I sell pictures. I have started to dabble in dom, if that's something you are interested in. Turns out I might actually have a dominant side, at least enough to be dominant on the internet. Help me go on this adventure if you want to. This podcast can be found at allmylinks.com slash thecurdledpod. That's where you can find preview clips uh, from these podcast episodes. I've been also posting some clips from previous chapters that I've been reading out loud, so if you want a little taste of what that's like, some of my the videos on the Instagram and the Facebook and the TikTok and all that will show you what it's like. And that's also where you can find the Patreon, patreon.com slash thecurdledpod in case you you don't want to actually click that link. Anyway, be sure to check the episode description for the spellings on all of those links. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or want to make a one-time donation not through Patreon, you can get in touch with me at curdledincpodcast at gmail.com. I am trying to be a freelance artist of all stripes on the internet. I have all the payment methods, maybe not all of them, but I have a lot of them, so I am pretty confident that we can find a way for you to give me money if you want to do that. If you can't, Don't want to or don't feel comfortable supporting me monetarily, and y'all, I so get it. Please rate and/or leave a review on your podcatcher of choice. No, seriously, please. That helps so much. Tell a friend, write a blog post, do whatever you want to do to spread the word about this humble podcast. That would be so so appreciated. Thank you so much in advance for doing that. Our logo is by Reese Jones at tearlessrainart.tumblr.com. And until next time, remember your rack. That's risk-aware-consensual-kink. I'm shutting up now. Goodbye. Just turn on my camera here for the tic-tacs and the social medias. Adjusting, adjusting. Don't need too much of my tits on here. This isn't my OnlyFans. It's incredibly high profile, or er, high profile, Jesus Christ. And this really gets into, like, sexism and gender roles. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. So finally, she's, like, getting up to leave and he- Page, <clears throat> can't he, <clears throat> my, whoa, hold on, what the fuck, dude, what is going on, why can't I open Google Docs, please? I might be cutting a lot of this out, I am in a mood today, uh, this podcast can be found at allmylinks.com slash the curdled pod. I should say that a little clearer. Let's try that again. Be sure to, um, check the, uh, spelling on all of those links. <laughs> yeah. Uh, holy shit. Okay. Tell a friend about, uh, about me. Write a bug. I'm, I'm dying. My brain is melting. Um, our theme song was written and recorded. No. No, it was not.